we come to the Word tonight, I thank you that there'll be open hearts and receptive ears to receive the Word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, in the world we live in today, they talk about this generation, that generation, and people are categorized in this or that generation, depending on the time that you were born in. If you go and check all of it out, they got they got time limits on different things, and they say that the people born in this this era of time, they're of this generation or that generation. They say that my generation that I was born in, I was born September 3rd, 1939, they call us the quiet generation. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> I, I didn't even bother to go check it. I just went and looked that up. You know, and they got the latchkey generation and I don't know, uh, Gen X and all kinds of stuff nowadays. You know, but I want to talk to you tonight about the Joshua generation. Amen. You know, I like the Joshua generation. In the natural, you're of a certain generation by your birth. Spiritually, you can be of the generation you choose. You can choose to be a part of the generation that died in the wilderness, or you can choose to be a part of the Joshua generation that believed God and went and possessed the promised land. You know, the Joshua generation has characteristics just like that's how, that's how they categorize all of us because we have certain characteristics because of the era that we were born in. Do you realize that every, every era, looking through this congregation right now, there's many, many ge- generations represented. Every one of those generations have a a style of music they, that they like because that's what they listened to when they were growing up in that generation. You know, even it's even that way in the church world. When I was growing up, it was, it was a lot of quartet music and trios and something that a lot of people call country gospel. That's what I like. That's what I listen to. I got it on my playlist right here. I, in fact, I'll go back to my room and I got my little speaker and I'll hook this up and I'll I'll play, uh, you know, I'll play the Happy Goodmans and and a lot of the Bill Gaither stuff and and David Engel stuff and yeah. and my buddy that I went to Bible school with, Johnny Hayes. I play his stuff. I play Charles King stuff. But that's that's my generation. That's what I like. Okay, you, you know, my, I, I sometimes in my, on my, in my car, sometimes I do it with the boys, my grandsons, especially just for the fun, but I'll go to, to, uh, uh, the, uh, enlightened and that's all they play is that, that style of music <laughs> or Sometimes just for fun, I'll tune over to, to a channel called Radio Classics and they have all of these old radio shows 
that I used to have to listen to as a kid because we didn't have no television. <laughs> and I, I do that because that was me. That was my generation. You know, I especially like I especially, I especially like Johnny Dollar and and I liked uh, uh, you know Dragnet was on the radio a long time before it was ever on TV. Gunsmoke was too. William Conrad played uh, Matt Dillon on on the radio back in the day. You know, and so I'll listen to some of those because. But my my favorite was. Friday Night Fights, Don Dunphy from Madison Square Garden, the boxing. Any, any, I got anybody old enough that li- used to listen to that in here? I don't have, oh, I got one right here. <laughs> I would have to, because my mother and my, my sister and my cousin sister that came to live with me when I was 16, when she was 16, uh, they would have the radio up front and I'd take a little, my little radio and go back in the kitchen so I could listen to the fights. But you see, I'm talking about generations. They're, they're, every generation has its characteristics. The Joshua generation, one of its characteristics, they believe the report of the Lord over everything else. They obeyed God even when it didn't even make sense. And they weren't afraid of the giants. They were courageous enough to say, if God said it, then we can do it. And they said, Joshua and Caleb's already been there, so we know that we can go there because they've been there. Now, as we begin to look at this, let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I have it. They, I normally bring my Bible, but I don't ever open it because they've got me either, either I'm either cutting and pasting it in my notes or else I got, they've got me now, my, my kids and grandkids have got me using this iPad. <laughs> so I'm, I'm tra- tra- transitioning to a new generation. <laughs> you can teach an old yeah, you still <laughs> you can teach a you can teach an old God old dog new tricks. But one reason I like to do this sometimes when, is because right here I can have ten different translations that I can go and study. That's one of the reasons I like to do it. But we're just going to read from the New King James tonight. Sometimes when I read this, I'll read, go read two or three different translations. Because I like to do that when I'm studying, especially because as you read each different translation, you get a little, little different view of what that scripture is about. Because what many people don't realize that the Greek that the New Testament was written in, it's called New Testament Greek. I went to Bible school. I learned some of this stuff. Uh, is an archaic language. It doesn't exist. Now, they have a Greek language that they speak in Greece, but it's not New Testament Greek. And, the re- and so many of their words carried with it a different connotations. 
And so sometimes that's why I like to do this. But we're going to read this from here. And I see that most people have found it now. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Now he, go, he, he goes and talks to him and he tells him that how he, if he's, he was with Moses, he'll be with him. And he tells him the land that he's going to give him and so forth and so on. And you get down to verse 6 and he says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore their fathers to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right side, right hand or the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success in life. That tells you how to have success right there. Anybody want to know how I read that scripture? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now here he is getting instructions from God to lead this, that generation into the promised land. Yeah. Now, he told him three different times, be strong yeah. and courageous. One scripture that most people overlook is the last, now he, he goes and talks to the people after this and he tells them all about this. But, and when he gets through talking to the people, in verse 16, after he got through talking to the people and telling them what they were going to do, so they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your, your God be with you as he was with Moses. Now, this is look at this. This is what the, this young generation, whoever rebels against your commands and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. That's the young generation. Remember, it said that anybody that was 20 years old are older would never go in the promised land. You're talking about to those you're talking about those kids that were 19 and younger. They are tired of living in the wilderness. They 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 had to endure because their parents and grandparents refused to do what God told them to do. God said, "I'm giving you the land. Go over and take it. Go possess it." But they I mean, they were so serious that they said, anybody that doesn't obey is going to be put to death. Come on now. That generation, they said, we're tired of this wilderness and we know that there's something better for us and we're going to go get it. 
and nobody's going to stop us. And anybody that tries, they're going to come to a very permanent end. <laughs> you know, there they were. So now we have a choice to make. What generation are we going to be a part of? Are we going to be a part of the generation that sits around and says, well, I would, but man, look at this and look at all the obstacles. Now, there's no way I could ever do that. Or you can be a part of the Joshua generation that says, I don't understand it. It looks impossible, but God said it, then I can do it. Now, let's look at this, Joshua generation. Here, we'll go back up here into Joshua 1, 10 and 11. Joshua, he was telling the people, they said this to him after he told them, but he said, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days we will cross over this Jordan and go to possess the land which the Lord is giving us. Now, he told them three days. One of the reasons he was telling them three days is because it, if you break in camp, it takes a while to strike camp, especially when you got the Ark of the Covenant sitting in the middle and you got three tribes over here and three tribes here and three tribes here and three tribes here. And they have to break everything down. They got to break the, they got to break down the tabernacle in the wilderness and get it prepared and ready. And there's only certain, certain people, certain, the whole Levi tribe, they had part Some of them were singers, some of them were this or that, but each one had a part to dismantle that tabernacle in the wilderness and to take care of it. And only certain high priests and certain others ever went into the, a high priest is the only one ever went in the Holy Holies, but they were only certain ones that (coughs) carried the Ark of the Covenant. Now, they also had a marching order. They just didn't, just didn't get up and everybody start going this way or that way. How many of you, I, I, I spent three years in Uncle Sam's army. I got, any, I got any, any Marines or any army guys in here. Now, I don't know about the Air Force and Navy. I don't know nothing about them. <laughs> I do know one thing. When I was in Taipei, Taiwan, and what we were doing over there, I was, I, was, I was part of the Army Security Agency and dealt with top secret stuff, and, and we were all working together. There was Navy was in there with us and stuff, and I do know that this one Navy kid, I don't know what he got taught at basic, but I know we got taught at basic. But if, if the person over you told you to do something, you didn't ask why or start telling him why it couldn't be done, <laughs> you did it first, ask questions later. Well, I, I know that he, he, I told him to do something and he said, well, I don't have to do anything. And I said, well, uh, that's another story, but he did, he did what he was told to do. I can tell you that right now. Come on, that's good for you. Because, 
the officer had had left the comm center and the other and the next guy in command had left and uh, I was in command of the whole comm center and and we had a job to do and we were going to get it done and and he found out very quickly <laughs> that it would be done but they had this and and when the army I was in the basic training and we would fall out there and Lieutenant West would be there and he he would turn the company and he'd tell us to march and we had an order. The first platoon was in the front, the second platoon, third platoon, and fourth platoon. That's that's how we marched. I don't know how any of you did it, but that's the way we did it. Now, we'd be out there all day long. We've been out going through maneuvers and stuff, training. We'd start marching back to camp, and the four of us up front, squad leaders up front, we were all six feet or better. Lieutenant West was about 6'3", maybe 6'4". And uh, he'd, we'd start marching, and he'd stop the company, and he'd say, second platoon, lay your face. And we'd do that, and then he'd say, forward march, and then he'd do a right face, and then march us up, and then he'd put us up in front of the first platoon. And he'd say, forward march, we'd start marching, and he'd, he'd turn around and he'd say, Y'all ready to go to barracks? They say, yes, sir. And he would say, route step. Well, when you're marching, you take a 36-inch step. But when you go to route step, if you got long legs, you can take a longer stride. Well, he's 6'4", and we're all, we're all better. Than, we're all 6'2", 6'3", all the squad leaders. And he would say route step, and he would take off. We would them little boys that were about five feet tall and five two. They're they're on the back of the company running, trying to keep up with us. <laughs> but I said all that to say they just didn't march any way they wanted to. They had a a way to do it, and unless unless the command, which would have been Joshua told them to do it differently, they stayed in what they were doing. So, he said, three days, get ready. Something else happened during those three days. They had to rationally get used to a new leader. But by what we read down in verse 16 through 18, it didn't take them very long to get ready for the new leader. But now situationally, they were facing a lot of, a lot of things situationally. So now, here they are. He told the people to get themselves ready, prepare themselves. And now in Joshua 3, Joshua 3, he said, he said, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and said, and, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there will be a space between you and it of about 2,000 cubits, which is about a half a mile. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go 
for you have not passed this way before. Now, here they are. They are. They've gotten themselves ready. They're ready for the journey. Now, here they have to believe what Joshua said, and then they have to do what he said. So now, here they are. Verse 14 of 3, chapter 3. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan. And the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflowed its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Aberth, or the salt sea, or the dead sea, we call it, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over to the opposite side. Now, see, many people, when they talk about, well, the waters roll back, they don't understand, really, and then you, you just read it there. The Jordan River begins way up in the north. I've been there and when I was touring Israel, up in the north and flows to the Dead Sea. Yes. It flows down. So all they had to do was stop up one side. The rest of it would flow away, right. flow downstream, and then it's gone. Yeah. That's what it said right here if you read the, the Scripture. Because many people think about walls standing up on the river on both sides. No, it didn't because it just had to stand up on one side and the rest of it flowed, all, flowed down into the salt sea. Now, there they are. They're following the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where the power of God resided. Nobody touched that Ark of the Covenant. The only one that ever touched it was the priest, the high priest that went in there one time a year with the blood from the animal and he would put it on the mercy seat as a covering for sin. Of course, when Christ died on, the Cal on Calvary's hill, in fact, today is Palm Sunday, this is the Sunday that, that he, if you read in John, it said now six days before the Passover that he came, he came there to Bethany, Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. They fixed him a meal. Then he went, into, he went into Jerusalem, but he didn't walk into Jerusalem. He rode on a donkey. Now, when you begin to study all that, and I just preached a message on that this morning, it's I, I, Back in that time in history, if a king came in as the war king, he would ride a stallion or a horse. If he came in riding on a colt or a donkey, he was coming as the king in peace. Jesus rode in. That's when all the people sang Hosanna, the king of Israel. When he come riding on that donkey, 
they thought, here comes our king to redeem us from the Roman rule. But if you go on reading there in Luke's gospel, you have to read all of the the story because it's a little different in each one because each gospel writer wrote to a different group of people so they wrote a little different and they told, some of them didn't tell, they told part, part of the story and part they didn't tell. Now, there in Luke it doesn't say that it was six days, that's why I went to John. Now, there here he is. But there he 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 stopped before he went into Jerusalem and he wept over Jerusalem because they didn't recognize who Jerusalem didn't recognize who he was. I'm sure that he probably understood that these same people that were saying Hosanna in just five days from then would be saying crucify him because see it didn't happen like they thought it would. They were so interested in the natural that they missed the supernatural. They were so interested in natural life that they missed eternal life. And he said, just six days later, they crucified him. We will celebrate that resurrection Sunday, next Sunday. See, a lot of people don't understand Palm Sunday. In fact, I did. This, I wrote this message. I've never done it before, but I spent time writing this message that I preach today, understanding Palm Sunday. See, that's what people don't understand. He rode in on that donkey. They praised him, but just a few days later, they crucified him. And we have then the rest of the story. And I don't have time to preach that. And we're talking about this. But he shed that blood once and for all. One time. But that high priest had to go in there every year. And he went through a certain cleansing. And even t- they even tied a rope around his, his ankle. And if the, the bells on his priest's robe quit ringing, they would pull him out. So... Here they are. Here's the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to notice the river was at flood stage. I don't know about here in Florida, but in Oklahoma, Texas, where I grew up in Texas, now I live in Oklahoma, I've since 72. We have these these outbursts of rain and it, just, it, 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 it can rain it can rain six inches in an hour I mean it's called they're just doom, torrential downpour I know y'all have it down here and it just rains for days but that it just it dumps so much water so fast that we have what they call flash floods because it's just real quick and it's gone they tell you if you see, if, there, if you're driving on the highway and you see water and it's fast moving and it's three feet tall, don't go into it because three feet of fast moving water will move a vehicle. Just take it down the, down, take it down the creek is what it'll do. Now here they come up to this. I want you to notice that the priests were marching and they were carrying the power of God. And they didn't hesitate. It said when their 
feet went in the water. How many of you are spirit filled? You're carrying that same power. And just as that Joshua generation marched toward that river, carrying the power of God, and when they stepped in the river, something happened. What we need to realize is that we are a part of the Joshua generation. And all of the promises of God are ours, but we have to take it and possess it. How do we do that? By our mouth, with what we say with our mouth. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. That's the saying my dad had. I got in the, he had the fly leaf of his Bible. I got in the fly leaf of my Bible sitting over there in the, in the, <laughs> in the motel room. It's right there. K.E. Hagen, Kenneth W. Hagen. Both of us said it. You got to know who you are. And you've got to be like this Joshua generation that says, if he command, if God commands it, we're going to do it. And anybody that doesn't want to go with us, forget them. We're going on. This Joshua generation It was a generation that believed what God said and believed that they could do what God said. Now, the only two of that old generation that went in was Caleb and Joshua. They went in because they never relinquished on saying, we can take the land, we can do it, because God said we could do it. In fact, Caleb got up before him and he, he said, listen, their defenses have departed from them. God said, we can, we can take this land. And in fact, God had to intervene. If you read there in, in Numbers 13 to 14, God had to intervene to keep the people from stoning Caleb and Joshua because they're wanting to believe God. Sometimes in the world we live in today, People want to talk about us and say things about us because we believe what the Bible says. We, the Joshua generation, is a generation that believes what the Bible says, acts like what the Bible said is so, and does what the Bible says that you can do. The Joshua generation. Now I want you to notice they, they crossed over. And as they crossed over the River Jordan, miraculously, setting in front of them was the greatest walled city that history knew anything about. In fact, it was the, the walls were so wide the people lived in it and two chariots could ride around the top of the walls side by side. No kingdom or king had ever taken the city of Jericho. Now there they are. They just crossed the river. This Joshua generation. And that's in front of them. And Joshua said, remember, they said, we'll do whatever you command us to do. 
Joshua said, God said. That we're going to march around this city one time a a day for six days. And nobody's going to say a word. But on the seventh day, we're going to march seven times. On the seventh time, we're going to blow the horns. We're going to scream. We're going to yell. We're going to holler. Hallelujah. Now that sounds ridiculous. I never in in all of history I have never seen a city be taken because you marched around it. <laughs> you under I'm in a battle, you understand? But they said, Okay, God said it. Let's go. Here they went. One time. Every day, one time, four days went by. Nothing's happening. He told them to be quiet. Probably the reason he told them to be quiet because they probably like us. They started, well, I don't know why we're doing this. (laughs) They were people just like us. But on that seventh day, when they did exactly what God told them to do, Exactly what God said would happen, happened. And they possessed the land. Let me tell you something. You have to get ready to possess the land. Whatever it is you need, you have to get ready to receive it. Because the word says that you can have it. See, so many times we go around trying to figure out how to do it ourselves. And all we have to do is read what God said. And God said this. And if we do it, it will happen. God said to say with your mouth. mouth. Hello. In fact, I've been trying to figure out what, and I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow night. I, I, I do it a lot of times at a church when I've been, a, I'm going to do a sermon I call Speak to Your Mountain and tell you my side of the story of what, with, when I grew up with my dad learning about faith. Right. It's interesting. It's yeah. not a preaching sermon, but I, I, I think you would enjoy it. We have to realize who we are in Christ, what we have because of him, and realize the power that we have within us, the authority of the believer. Israel, possessing the promised land, happened so that we could possess our promised land. Paul said everything that happened to the children of Israel happened as examples for us. And it was for what not to do and what to do. The first generation, that's the ones we don't want to follow. That's what we don't want to do. God said it, but they said, no, we can't. 
this old, the second Joshua generation said, God said it, we can. We can. You have to get to that point with the word of God saying, God said it, I can. God said it, I can have it. God said it, and it is mine. We've got to realize that we are the Joshua generation. Everybody's saying, I've gone long enough. Hallelujah. We are a part of that generation. And whatever you need, you can have. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, I want you to think about something that you need to take. A promise. I mean, something in your life that you need to say, okay, I'm going, that's going to go down just like the Jordan rolled back, just like Jericho went down. Because I am a part of that generation that believes what God said. God said it, and I can do it. How many of you are ready to take possession of whatever it is that you need to take possession of right now? Raise your hand and say this with me. Heavenly Father, I'm a part of the Joshua generation that is claiming the promises like they claim the promised land and they possess the promised land. I claim what the Word of God says I can have. The Word of God says I can have it and you put it in, whatever it is. I don't know what it is you need. I don't know what you're possessing, but you say, Lord, I'm possessing it now. I'm possessing it now. It's mine and I have it because the Joshua generation says no matter what, it's mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.
That's why he just got that. He does that. But I tell you what, that kid back there on them words, he, he typed that. It wasn't back there. He typed that and got those words up there. That's what I appreciate about him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that was icing on the cake right there. Amen, amen, amen. Where did anybody get anything tonight? Hallelujah.